I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Then who's Vinny? Sleazy time. Jason Outlander McCullough. <laughs> Welcome, my goodness. We, uh, you can tell there's a bit of a solemn tone. Uh, we are not the, the air s- has left the room. We are not the silly billies that we were previously, uh, because we're diving into a franchise. Everyone's favorite. Long time in the coming here. Uh, so, lucky for you, um, much like with the Howling franchise, you don't need to watch all of these. You can just listen to us bitch about them. And so, tonight... I wish you would have said that to me before you asked me to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> we suffer for your entertainment. He was talking to the listeners and not you. <laughs> we are covering the Children of the Corn franchise and are you just as surprised that there is a franchise as we were (laughs) my favorite part is that i could see all of you checking in the children of the corn films and your friends who are also horror fans commenting i had no idea there were this many (laughs) except i I don't know todd had some people arguing over which was their favorites i was like people actually like some of these okay didn't some guy actually rank like the top seven on your thing? Probably. <laughs> I try not to comment back when we're doing something for the podcast, just so that way I'm prepared to argue with you guys. Just let it go. Oh. All right, so let's start. All right, so before, um, I've only seen the first movie before this, uh, Professor. I had seen only the first one and part three, Okay, which I didn't remember until it got going, that I remembered from a long time ago. I can only, I've only ever seen the first one. I I may have known there was a two. I had no idea on the rest of it. I've seen all that had been released except for the last one. I saw the first three, and that's when I gave up on it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's start with the logical position, Todd. Do we Tell want us. a chant in between each movie? <laughs> 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 Uh, well, you know, and it, I'm not sure we have to say this, but it is uh, of all the Stephen King films that are out there. This is the one that got the most sequels, which is odd because I mean, I'm sure. I guess that's a merit badge. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, others are catching up now. Uh, so, but Children of the Corn or Los Chicos del Maine, <laughs> two <speaking> friends. <laughs> 1984. (laughs) (laughs) Written by George Goldsmith, directed by Fritz Kierce, based on the short story by Stephen King, which was featured in the Night Shift collection, and also, I think, originally published in Penthouse Magazine, was the first time this story ever... uh, Saw the light of day. You mean I had to watch all this bullshit based on a short story? And I could have been reading Penthouse? (laughs) Reading? Sure. 
Uh, okay. And cast uh, Peter Horton as Bert, Linda Hamilton, Vicky, John Franklin as Isaac, who was also 24 years old during filming, Courtney Gaines as Malachi, Robbie Kiger as Joe, and uh, John Philbin as Amos. Well, here we are. Of course, it's Amos Moses Amos. was a Cajun. Should I go <laughs> on the whole time in the swamp? <laughs> A little alligator for living. Since we already did uh, our little brief uh, encounter, should I just go into a synapsis of Children of the Corn? Please, get those You keep saying synapsis. <laughs> well, it's also a film studio that I'm reminding myself that has a cell right now. We're not sponsored by them. I wish we were. That I need to get on there and uh, order some stuff. Hey, do you want to give us money to say the name of your company? <laughs> Ike Colorado. I'll do it for free. Uh, so, we're in Gatlin, Nebraska. Uh, I believe it starts out prior, so 1981 is the opening of the film where uh, church is letting out and uh, everybody goes to their favorite diner. Uh, and uh, that is the start of when the children decide to kill all of the adults in town. And then uh, we cut to three years later where we have a... Um, well, actually, in this story, we have a happy couple of uh, Vicky and Bert, which is a departure from King's short story. Um, and they are uh, traveling to um, Hemingford, which is also where the Stan characters are all dreaming mm-hmm. of going. So there's that King connection. Uh, and they have... Um, Actually, do they have car trouble, or do they just hit the kid? They just hit the kid. Yeah, so there's a... That's car trouble. Yeah, that's what I call it. I'm, usually, I'm like, I hit a dog. But, um... Anyways, uh, What's kid, the statute of limitations <laughs> on dog murder? <laughs> kid comes out, they uh, hit the kid, and, of course, they think that they killed the kid, and upon investigating, they realize that the kid's uh, throat has been slit, and, uh... So, obviously, uh, they're a little worried about that, and they're trying to make it to Gatlin, which is the next town, and um, and they and they get there, and they feel uh, start finding all the, the, the weirdness of all the kids, and, and, and that's where we're at. So, I've probably watched this a couple times before preparation for this franchise, and I gotta tell you, in the past, I had never been a fan of the movie, so which is probably why I never got into any of the sequels. But this third third time's a charm. I actually enjoyed the first film a lot more this third time around. Honestly, dead honest, hmm. dead honest. Please don't be upset with me. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, no I'm, one lurks I across the, the table to stab you. The the first <laughs> I movie. I mean, it's your last episode. I mean, so, and, and that's to say, I watched. I, I I didn't watch the first one until later in life, so it didn't have the nostalgia. And I know that. This, like Pet Cemetery, like so many other Stephen King things, they really hit on nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you've got to see them in your youth, or else some of that magic's going to be lost. And it's also going to be parodied in other things that when you go back and watch the original, it just doesn't hit like it should. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I had a different appreciation for the film this time around. Cool. Yeah, this is one I've always enjoyed. It scared the hell out of me back when I was a kid. The, the, the idea of being a kid and thrown into that that kind of world, like where a town decides to take over and you're expected to be a part of that. Um, I, I just thought was terrifying. And the, the way that they, they 
unfold that in the in the beginning of the movie. Um, I still think it holds up as as pretty chilling. Yeah. Uh, when you see kind of that Sunday diner where it's just creeping in, the death is getting ready to happen. That opening's unreal. It's um, so it's it for me. Top scariest moments in a horror movie. Yeah, it it made a huge impact on me as a kid. Um, that that still resonates. I, I there's some things with the movie I think are wildly flawed uh, later on, but that's okay. It, it's worth it alone for the way the movie starts. Man, I still think it's good. I have I saw it. I had seen this when I was young and countless times. When you live in Indiana <laughs> and you have anything about corn that prominently in the title, you're going to watch it. Every this was also a movie that I think uh, a lot of kids' parents let them watch because there's nothing which is weird. There's, but there's <laughs> nothing super gory about it, and there it's not a lot of sex and shit like that. That That's, frankly, in the Bible Belt here, parents if they were like mine, that was a big no no. There's this sex in the movie gets fast forwarded through throats cut fine. Yes, titty no. Yes, which is funny because they're like, well, it doesn't look too violent or uh, or nasty. It sounds like a good watch, and it's about kids killing their parents. Yeah. So I had seen, I've seen this movie. I God, I can't tell you how many times. Um, usually, it's some like my kid. I just watched it a couple years ago because my kid was thirteen. He wanted to see it. Did okay. You lock your doors at night. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, you can watch this. That's fine. I always, I always, I enjoyed it. It's quotable. Like the Malachi name sticks out to everybody. Malachi. The Outlander, <laughs> all that shit. I don't think... I think it's a mediocre Stephen King movie. It's not thinner. You know what I mean? Like it's not dog shit or anything. It's just I don't think it's the strongest entry. Dog trash. Dog trash. <laughs> I'm a clump right now. Like do you really? I do. <laughs> it's nostalgic. Like yeah, like right? Again, who does, who doesn't pray for, for you to hit a gypsy and her to go thinner? Now, in the, in the last <laughs> podcast, you said... You enjoyed a good oral favor, and now you don't like thinner. I'm very confused. How strange that is. <laughs> but uh, I, that's why I'm so surprised that there are that many sequels to it, because I don't think this is top-tier Stephen King movie. Well, I think there's a reason I for agree. the sequels. So well, we'll probably because the rights were cheap. We'll, we'll get into that. Um, I agree with everything that's been said. Uh, I watched this. I watched this young... And I remember just even putting it on, and the the music it gets me from from the get go. Great music. Which man, that's the score is just. I feel like any score, and then you have kids singing in the background, terrifying. And John Franklin is unnerving. Oh yeah, oh, because yeah. there great. there is, you can see a maturity in his eyes and his face, but he reads his child. Other than that, and is more articulate than he a, a kid that age should be so he gives off that weird ass vibe and even the look in his eye because he's he's childlike but there's just enough of that older he's a creepy motherfucker yeah yeah and that was brilliant casting yes and it is a scary concept i mean before we dig into the whole franchise that's a, a common theme with it um it could only exist in a small town like this Obviously, you couldn't have this happen in a huge metro. They'd smoke them. Well, but when, well, but, when, but the, the the terror of this is in that small setting. The numbers can work when you catch them off guard. 
Um, and so you get poison in the drinks at the, the diner and, and the weapons and the doors locked. And before you know it, it's like, holy shit, these little people that we would have never assumed could do this. Hey, just say it. These that, little bastards. Yeah, these, little, <laughs> these little shits. But yeah, that's what I think is, is smart about uh, the setup is having it out in this little tiny country place well, and the, is where it can actually play out. The corn is almost, uh, well, it just absolutely is. If anybody's ever been out in a cornfield before, you can't see anything that's around you. Uh, easy to get lost in. Like they're they're they really do a great job of using that thing that we're all numb to around here, turning that into something where you start to look at it a little bit different. I don't know about you guys. We had a field behind our house when I was a kid that would grow corn, and that corn can get scary when you're a little kid and that corn is six feet tall. Mm-hmm. And night starts to creep in, you kind of don't want to go around that fence. Yeah, we used to play hide and seek out of my aunts, and like, if you went out in the cornfield, nobody ever found you. But, uh, <laughs> I was well. I was gonna say before I cut off, I was gonna address the the budget that they did have a larger budget, and Stephen King was like, "I want a bigger cut if you're gonna use my name." So their budget went down to eight hundred. Was it? Yeah, eight thousand, eight hundred thousand dollars. Instead of the budget they had. So, for that budget, I think they did a damn good job. And I think it probably saved some of the stuff that they had in the original script, but also hurt some of the cool stuff that could have been left in there. Um, I think that the, he, he Who Walks Behind the Row, I think the thing they came up with to do that effect was much better. Uh, but I think they actually were going to show that and the death scenes of the ending and stuff were going to be way different. But... Uh, yeah, King, uh, this is also 84, so this would have been high into his cocaine addiction. So, yeah. This is also, he would have been bitter at this point, uh, with stuff being altered and his relationship had started to sour with the adaptation. And, so it became more about like, okay, I'm going to get paid now. And, well, and he, he sure. did, so he wrote the original script as well, and it was more of his short story. So it was like an hour and a half movie of, of, of two people arguing in a car. So the script kind of got throughout the window. We'll get that later. Yeah. <laughs> so 84, it's the same year as Nightmare, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, imagine you get night, imagine being a teenager, you get Nightmare and Children of the Corn. Which the Children of the Corn comes off as the PG-13 thing that a sure. younger audience can and, see. And, and, and both are, are indie films, but this was New World at the time before they caved in, so... McRib. I've seen this movie. Okay. <laughs> now I've watched. Actually, really like this movie. Uh, it's not going to make any of my top ten lists or top fifty lists, but I do enjoy it. Maybe even out as nostalgia as a kid. What about top ten Stephen King movies with corn? <laughs> it's right up there. It's right up there. I love an unexpected killer. That's that, and the kids are obviously an unexpected killer. So yeah, I, I like I like this movie a lot. Um, when that kid pulls out the shiv from his forearm that he's taped there. It's rough, but uh, it's wow. The McRib is wearing a festive hat for this recording, by the way. You can't <laughs> he did see show it. up in uniform. I yes. showed up in uniform, and it was way too hot. And also, <laughs> none of you said, "He who walks behind the roads, bless you." When I sneezed, so I'm we're all dead. Did you say roads though? So about dusty roads. So here, here's where I'm going <laughs> to admit something that I only ever admitted about two weeks ago. When I was a kid and watched these movies. Uh, obviously I was dumb because I thought it was he who walks behind the rose 
Like As in R O S E, like seal roses. Like <laughs> yes, and so I admitted that to my, I admitted that to some of my friends, and everyone's like, "You're a moron," except for one guy who was like, "I did too." I'm so glad there's someone else. So shout out to Funko Terry on that one. <laughs> Big praise. For Funko Terry. I kind of, I kind of want to see that remake though. <laughs> He who walks. I don't know why I didn't put that together. I just heard Rose when I was a kid and thought, oh, okay. But never thought, there's no roses in this movie until later on. <laughs> You're like, oh, Rose. Yeah, Rose. I yeah. Okay. Do you remember the fifth grade story I told you earlier? That's the same kind of situation. But yeah, there's a, uh, it's a great, there's a lot of great moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get to see Linda Hamilton not as a badass. The other end. As a person who would take a nap after murdering a kid with your car. I feel like she did fight a lot of that, though, and they were like, we do want you to be stupid. Because she's like, this is stupid. Well, yeah. You you are stupid. And and this is like one of the times where, as I'm looking at Chucky on his shirt, that uh, having to listen to podcasts of, just get Chucky. Which we all know. Hashtag. We also know who would win. But... There's many scenes in this one where I'm like, take your damn belt off and beat these kids' asses. <laughs> also, we, he, he does survive quite a bit just because he can outrun all the little kids. What do we think about Linda Hamilton's performance of School is Out in the hotel? When that happens early in the movie, do you think, I don't want to go any further? Or do you think, this is fun? That's cringe. Yeah, it it's, goes on forever. 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 <laughs> who who hits a child? Thinks they killed him, then realize no, it's a slope, a throat a slope, a throat slit, <laughs> and then just goes. You know what? I'm gonna put this body in the trunk. Yeah, that's all. Just take it to somebody. Yeah, let's yeah. get somewhere. Hey, somebody uh, just tried to cut this fucking kid's head off. Let's go yeah, walk I mean, around in the field and yeah. see if they're out there. And then hey, I'll take a nap me, while sir. you look around. Hey, sir. I'd- Damnest thing. Uh, <laughs> hit this kid down the road. It's okay, though. Uh, turns out somebody already cut his throat. He was dying anyway. So. What nuts? Promise. Anyway, he's in my in my trunk. You want him? <laughs> I'll leave him with you. You want to write it down? All right. I like to think he struggles with the keys and the, and the lock. <laughs> trying to open it. Damn thing. Damn this thing. And I hate to skip to the end, and I wrote it in very big letters at the bottom. <laughs> my notes is... No one ever does anything about the kid. The kid stays dead in that trunk the whole fucking movie. No one lets him out. Nothing. Well, I lets him out. He ain't going anywhere. Weekend at Bernie's, but <laughs> missed opportunity. Yeah. So that's the first film. <laughs> now, uh, you know, it, it's 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 fun that you get uh, Linda Hamilton crucified on some corn. Next to the the blue man, yeah, the blue, the blue man. man. That's I love that as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Which I got that. Know. I got that reference <laughs> that he was a cop, but I didn't get rows of corn versus a rose to flower. You didn't assume he was a guy in the blue man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't even on my radar. He blew himself. <laughs> Michael, yeah. I came home and blew myself. Tobias, you should think about one of my favorite there. lines in this. that's goofy is he's like. It had to have been that was fresh blood, blood clots in four minutes. Like he just knows that. <laughs> He's a medical student. <laughs> yeah, but come on, like, come on. Four minutes. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> and so they go to the church, and uh, that kid there carves a pentagram into himself and drinks some blood because he's going to be the big sacrifice. Oh, that's the that's the dude from Return of the Living Dead. Sure. Oh yeah, and 
Point Break, I think. John mm-hmm. Philbin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amos. Guys, do you think that the hate of gingers comes from this movie? It certainly contributes. To I mean, it makes me top. suspicious of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, actually, I think of every Courtney Gaines movie, and I'm like, okay, well, shit on my house, man, <laughs> shit on my house. You shit push, house. you push down McFly, and so we find out that kids <laughs> have to die. Was that on their 18th birthday? 19. 19. My note says 19, so I I second guess myself here. Fun down. It becomes 18 because later on, he who walks behind the rose punishes them and lowers the age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good times. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. How about when Isaac's freaking out (laughs) when Malachi (laughs) turns heel on him? Oh, yeah. Man, yeah, and that's... Like Isaac, Malachi, I mean, they're really what make the movie, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, everything else is forgettable. I also think uh, something that's frequently overlooked is how creepy the exploration of the area is. As they split up, and you really start to get into this town. And if you really take a step back and try and relate to what you're seeing, if if you were kind of stepping into this pile of shit, it's pretty creepy. Yeah. A, A small town where it clearly something has happened where people have taken over. Something isn't right here. Yeah, and so I, I like how they branch off and, and how they both kind of end up in deep shit with him. You, want, you got a kid doing fever drawings and murders. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and I think that's what really hit for me this time around is having spent plenty of time in small towns in Indiana and Ohio. I mean, you've been in Bryant yep. before. You, you guys have all been in Bryant. Like, One gas station town. You walk through, you walk down the main street of Bryant and you're like... Oh man, this would be real creepy if kids were hunting me here, right? Like, it's, yeah, I mean, there really is something that resonates with that, that there is a creepiness factor that a lot of people just don't know. Um, A lot of people who live in cities and suburbs don't understand, like, being in a town. And throw in a little bit of wind and the corn's just kind (laughs) of. Yeah. Messing with you. Perfect. And we uh, recently went to where they filmed the first movie, and the town is very much what you see in the, the, the film. It's a small town. There's barely any. Like most of the shops weren't open when we were there. the The main house from the film was boarded up. Uh, that the I don't know. It's pretty creepy. So there's some Stephen King fog going on as an added bonus. Yeah. And the hotel they filmed at, it's a crackhead thing. So extra scares. <laughs> extra scares. The crackheads of the corn. <laughs> That's way scarier. Uh, you know, there's never, you just, you'll never forget shouting things like Outlander, (laughs) Interloper, you know, like after you watch this movie, it's just going to stick. I was going to say the movie or that's just your day at church. I I forgot to mention that I watched this at least three quarters of it in the corn. I took a TV out because I have a cornfield right behind my house and I thought it'd be fun to watch it. TV tray. Huh? Was it? Not as much as you think it would be. It was yeah, okay. I was really bummed. It start, when it started raining, that's when it was rough. We, we've been trying to do that out here, but but it seems like this year it would be children of the soybeans. Yeah, yep. Yeah. You gotta alternate each year. They're short. And we'll get sprayed in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get chloroformed again like we did that one year. We didn't mention the bondage corn. Like there's a lot of the corn can just come out, grab you, tie you up. The, no? Okay. Yeah, the corn's alive. Yeah, and all right. the things we've said there is supernatural. Like yeah. there, there is a he who walks behind the. It's rest. like a tremors type of yeah. effect where it's just under the ground, like when Bugs yeah. Bunny's tunneling to Albuquerque. <laughs> Which I think that's where you lose a lot of traditional 
fans back then because yeah. as years went on, King frequently leaned into the more extreme, uh, big time, crazy endings. Uh, but uh, with a lot of his stuff, people get into it because they can relate to the characters. And so I think with this, and it's there's fans of either approach to it, but I think when it starts to go more supernatural, it becomes way less scary for yeah. a lot of people. Oh, um, Killer Kids is way scarier the, than The concept they laid force. out, yeah. I think, would have been almost even more harrowing and scary to have the kids realize that none of that's real. They just killed their families. Yeah, um, That's fine. It, it turns into what it is, but... I, I think that that's a big shift where it loses a lot of people and why this probably wasn't as big as a lot of I earlier King stuff. Yeah. And I think watching it this time around, I let myself live into that. Yep. Yeah. Just kind of accept and go. It's like, all right, it's kind of silly CG, but like just push into it and, and yep. let it be what it is. And so that, I think that is unique in that I, where before I thought it was a hindrance to the film, but now I think it's a plus in that Oh no, these kids aren't crazy. There is a supernatural force in the corn possessing these children to do these yeah. things. So it's like a creepy kid movie is one thing, but a supernatural force motivating kids to do things? That's fucked up too. Yep. Yeah. For sure. God told me to. God told me <laughs> to. Um, yeah, and I also love the guy's monologue uh, when he kind of breaks free and he's like got all the kids kind of <laughs> circling around him and he's like oh, the fuck is this we're gonna follow this religion yeah any religion without love and compassion is a lie <laughs> and the kids are like huh he may be onto something here I don't want to die at 19 <laughs> I want to go back to the, school here back to the <laughs> kid in the trunk the suitcase, the bloody suitcase, gets the backseat treatment, but the dead kid gets the trunk treatment. <laughs> that is true. Well, you don't want them to stink up your clothes. In the back there. <laughs> uh, then we get Evil Isaac. Yeah, who looks like the kid after the vacuum cleaner explodes in the sandlot. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, shake it off. <laughs> That's not a rag. <laughs> yeah, full-on possessed Isaac. Yeah. Hair all white, lacerations. <laughs> they miss the mark on that. Big, big fuss they do. Yeah, but again, it's a thing where this time around, that something I was, you know, what's coming, and yes, he's like, all right, yeah, yeah. this yeah. is gonna be their butt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so the kids throw him all top cocktails. <laughs> he walks by in the rose. It's a midwestern rave. <laughs> the, kid, the kid fucks it up this one time, or no? I think Linda Hamilton fucks it up. She, the kid grabs it, brings it back, and goes, Throw it right this time! <laughs> <laughs> Crack me up. There you go. Cheer another corn. What do you think? Well, I mean, that's a staple. That's a, that's a you got to see that one once. So, yeah. happy ending. They fucking wrap things up, and the couple gets to leave. And right? they adopt the, the main two kids. Who, who were the siblings of the kid that had the... Throat slit at the beginning that they hit. Yeah, which, which those kids are they're they're effective in their their cuteness. Like yeah, you really they go feel bad for them, and like read trying to. And you can tell that they're not in the throws of all play this. With and they're their just trying to that kid should yeah. have way more mental problems watching someone get their hand sliced off with a meat slicer. Well, <laughs> and he does now because he sends messages to Hot Topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 
He shall remain unnamed. Okay, all right. Well, and if, if you remember, I said that it had a budget of 800000 and this movie in 1984 made almost $15 million. I was going to say $800 million. So Needless <laughs> to say, we're going to get a sequel. It's such... The property title alone, as we'll see with a lot of these sequels, is going to make money because it was steeped in mythology with kids... Uh, like that title held so much clout to it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in the way that you kind of look at Candyman and the storytelling, it's just this kind of urban myth almost, especially in this part of the country. Um, the one thing before we move on, I want to make sure that I stress to listeners this movie's creepier than people ever give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. If you've always written it off because it's got all the sequels and the name sounds kind of goofy, it's actually a pretty good little horror movie. And watch it on Blu-ray. The Blu-ray cut is so good. It looks so much better. So, um, again, the original was uh, New World. Larry uh, Kubing, who started Transatlantic Entertainment. So he bought some rights to movies that he thought he could do some stuff with, which is kind of the start of the franchises. So he bought Children of the Corn... Hellraiser, the Angel series, which he made uh, Children of the Corn 2, Hellraiser 3, Angel 4. The two that never got made was Wanted Dead or Alive 2 and Crimes of Passion 2. So he kind of knew that those titles were going to be something. Bought them, and probably why we have a shit ton of Hellraiser and Children of the Corn. You're Uh, saying some guys at home sitting on a lot of Children of the Corn Hellraiser money? (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know where he lost the rights because eventually it goes to Dimension. But I was going to say, he actually didn't invest it. He's literally sitting on it. (laughs) Which leads us to Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice, which was released in 1992. What a cute name for the second movie. What was it again? It's The Final Sacrifice. Directed by David Price, who would go on to produce one of of the faves, Leprechaun. Uh, written by A.L. Katz and Gilbert Adler, based on a short story by Stephen King, and uh, starring uh, Paul Scherer, who uh, is the blonde kid Danny, who was also an 87 graduate from Indianapolis. Uh, Terrence Knox, Ryan Bowman, Christy Clark, and Ned Romero as Red Bear. Um, and also Ed Grady, remember that name, as Dr. Appleby which is going to tie some of our films together. Uh, this movie did not make as much money. It only made $7 million, and it was also the last theatrical-released film. So It's almost like word of mouth stopped it. <laughs> I, um, the other uh, the working name for it was Box Office Poison. <laughs> and I will say, too, so, and I, I, I haven't got to, a chance to see it, but there is two cuts of this movie, and I almost want to see the international cut. I don't. Because well, the, so so the producers took the American version and see all the CGI stuff. That's all the American version. So, um, I'm going to ask for a rare privilege here, as long as I can keep it together. Uh, can I just give 30 second synopses for the rest of the films throughout the series? Oh, it doesn't have to be in depth. Yeah. I'd much rather all talk about our reactions to them. Yeah, yeah. So this one here actually does follow on the heels of the first film. Doesn't connect any actors or characters exactly, but uh, we land in the city of Gatlin. Uh, uh, These sheriffs go in to investigate, and they find a basement full of bodies. 
uh, that's there. And so now there's national attention on the town, which brings in two of our main protagonists, a father and son who hate each other because the father works for like a tabloid and he needs to come cover what's happening in the city. That's where our hijinks ensue from. Perfect. Good enough? Good. Yeah. yeah. What's three about? I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, you just described a return to Salem's Lot. <laughs> I got two words to say about this one. Suck it. <laughs> um, bingo. <laughs> that was gonna be bullseye. Now that's in reference to the woman that flies in through the window in her in her wheelchair on a rope, and the guy still manages to say that. Bingo. Got her. Is this the one too, where the uh, they they do the return or the Wizard of Oz? To mm-hmm. the, okay. Yes, yes. They take the hydraulic like, lifts on the woman. They drop the Which house. The house. The house thing was a real thing because they did find somebody that was moving their house and asked me to delay it. But what what lateness? <laughs> like just drop the house on her. Let me run through some short notes I've got here. Okay, uh, they are. This is in order of me watching the movie. <laughs> Shoulder pads under her T-shirt. Blue 80s lightning. Yeah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> Impaled by a corn stalk. Children of the Corn 90210. <laughs> That'd be a great title. And did the acid just kick in? <laughs> I So I remember uh, there wasn't a lot to choose from in 92. We went and saw this at the movies. Probably partly because I had... So you're the ones... Bingo. Yes, I had a crush on uh, the main guy. I remember loving this movie much better than rewatching it recently because I was like, "Whoa!" Um, Can you repeat that again? Yeah, you were like, "What?" <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, that's my take on two. I'm gonna go against the grain here, probably, as I and because this is yeah, a get out nostalgia get out. again. <laughs> Is I actually like this one a little bit. It's not great, but it's the one I remember seeing on TV all the time. Now, can you describe like? It's where you enjoy something. <laughs> Some of my high spots were uh, I did like the cornstalk reporter kill, old lady crushing, There's hilarious kills. Indian guy. There's great kills in this Yeah. Movie. The needle stabbing lollipop return. Bingo. Classic. But the, yeah, the, the old lady crushing is the one I remember the most because not only that. The kid picks up the cat, snaps its neck. You don't see anything after that. <laughs> and then the old lady lays across the beams instead of laying with the beams. Not that she would have survived anyways, but I just thought that was weird. And uh, yeah, the, the, wizard, the Wizard of Oz is very good. I like how they played it. My low spots were, uh, I don't like the Predator vision. It's got rough <laughs> uh, 90s I did CGI. About the, the Predator predator corn vision. It's uh, It's tough. Um, the, the CGI in this reminds me of Lawnmower Man. I was going to say, Ooh, they yeah. had that yeah. weird, they're like, let's let's take it to the next level with corn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I hear that. But at least it's, you know, well, yeah, I also have poop crosses, no good. <laughs> there is that weird poop stuff. Yeah. He yeah. smells it, is like, ugh, and then wipes it on his pants, which, who does that? And that's uh, how you know this is the last theatrical. <laughs> Uh, the pastor that yells fornication all the time reminds me of Abner. Uh, <laughs> same, same. Besides the fact that he had eyebrows for days. So when he gets burned in that city meeting, he needed that singeing. <laughs> but I, I, I enjoy this one just for nostalgia purposes because this was on TV all the time when I was a kid. Uh, I'll roll right into that. 
Um, certainly, in the grand scheme of things, this is not the worst Children of the Corner sequel. It actually ranks pretty high on the list, just because I think the kills are pretty fun. As we already mentioned, the uh, throat slit with the the corn stalk and then getting uh, speared through the throat, which was pretty fun. Uh, the 80s lightning, which then possesses, digests, and absorbs and possesses the kid, which is weird. Just go with it. Yeah, just run with it. Uh, I thought the one kid looked like a Kmart Justin Long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, dropping the house on the old lady, as we said. And I just love that we add an old Indian. And I'm glad that we let it go after this one. They didn't keep trying to force some sort of Native American. But the dude is yeah. great. The dude is awesome. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, the doctor. I, I looked at Vinny and he, he did not agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> But again, I want to revisit the whole sequence in that there's a remote control wheelchair that they take control of (laughs) with their remote control for their RC car. And then they make her go out. She gets hit by a semi. Mm. And that's when they go, bingo. (laughs) 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 Who doggies? Then we find out that the sheriff is in cahoots And we just said this isn't the worst one. It ranks pretty high. (laughs) Buggle up. Uh, They set fire to the adults in the church there. Uh, the poor Indian man gets killed in a combine, but then he makes it back and he gets, he's driving the combine, right? To save the, well, he gets shot in the stomach with an arrow. Oh, that's which, right. He gets shot. Indian, which is great. <laughs> he got died by an arrow. Then he drives the combine <laughs> to, to save things, but there was decent makeup. Like there were decent kills and decent makeup on the, the like heel turns at I'll the end there. And then the Indian comes back as a ghost. To guide them because of course it does and in scene <laughs> yeah a ghost who paints by the way <laughs> finishes that oh rock. yeah that's he right finishes the, the story in the rock yeah what about the voodoo nosebleed forgot to mention that not bad no <laughs> uh, I enjoy this more than any leprechaun movie <laughs> um <laughs> So, I think the thing I was most surprised with with this is that... And, and, made? Yeah, no, it's... And this kind of happens um, through, throughout this franchise at times, where you can tell that it's the main purpose is just to like make money, retain rights, but at the same time, it's not phoned in. Like, there's enough in yeah. here to where it's like, there's fan service. Like, we've got fun kills. At this point, we've had a whole decade that has boomed out slasher franchises since the first one was made and so there's a whole industry out there of creative kills and and really kind of appealing to younger viewers and so while this is a huge drop in quality from the first one um i was surprised at how fun it was um and that there was actually some decent kills in there um i don't know if i if i buy beautiful women riding around on scooters out on country roads but it's fun to fun to imagine that it exists. <laughs> Were you okay with her taking a complete bath underneath a, a waterfall with her shoes on? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Hemingford, Nebraska. Who knows what's going on out there? Uh, but yeah, that that was my main takeaway from this. Was it was more fun than I was expecting because yeah. when it starts, you're like, oh god, this feels like straight to video. Just yeah. I don't want to say corny, but it's corny. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I had a good time with it. <laughs> He's looking up box office. Uh, it's on Pornhub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not 
Remind me to, you say to save corn porn. <laughs> Did you say Pornhub or Cornhub? Cornhub. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't. Try to watch Market Value. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. My memory isn't super clear because these start to run together. That's right. We all get true. to, to play that card yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah. I can't like, imagine. This, is, this has been at least a couple, two to three weeks since I watched some of these earlier ones, and uh, they run together. Uh, it didn't have, This franchise does not get as bad as I expected it to. I agree. So, two in, and I'm still... Like, okay, all right. I'll never watch it again. But I wasn't mad at it. Like, it it wasn't offensive to me (laughs) in any way, so... Yeah, we've covered franchises at different times where I was actually getting, like, angry. I'm currently revisiting our Amityville franchise. Yeah, like, some of those. I was actually starting to get upset because I had to still watch more movies. (laughs) Like, I never felt that way with with these. I mean, there's not not a lot of good, but... I wasn't wasn't looking forward to any of them. Yeah. As that went on. I think it's because we thought the worst for so long that when we finally jumped in I was like oh it's not that bad right but yeah you, so you had a did you have a good enough time with part two for what you I'm remember like I say it's fine but I just don't think I'm ever going to watch it again yeah good times Todd, Todd were you really into the sweatiest sex scene I've ever seen in a movie well the fact <laughs> that there's no chemistry there probably because they hated each other um, and and I don't know that was kind of weird because they they both were uh they're like, you know what we need in Children of the Corn is kids having more sex. No, I'm talking about the parents. Oh, the parents. Oh. Oh, the dad. Where that lady just looks like she got out of a pool. You guys tricked me into saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There is, the, the guy does get cock-blocked by body parts. True. He's about to take her shirt off, puts his hand behind her, severed hand. A I mean, surprising lack of, of titties for movies. <laughs> oh, I thought horror movies in this era. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when he unbuttoned her shirt, I was like, "Here we go." I will say, here we go. Here's the Nothing. fun thing about these films is they kind of each hit those big marks of like different marketing of, of horror film. So this one actually fell on the line of where you saw on the the video boxes a lot of uh, like they're they're home but they're not alone. So I think this one was like the kids are home but they're they're not okay or I forget what this one said, but it. For like five years, anything with kids had Home Alone reference. So. <laughs> well, that one guy says uh, these kids watch too many horror movies. I'm just glad they didn't lean into the break dancing thing. Is that our jokes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> on, the, on the part three. All right, Chum of the Corn three, Urban Harvest. Urban Harvest. Let's just. Are you looking for this, Candy Man, bitch? This is oh. should have been called Candy Corn. <laughs> 1995 straight to video uh, what? directed by James Hickox uh, starring Ron Melendez just kind of skipping here on some uh, people that we don't know but Nicholas uh, please don't Nicholas Brendan <laughs> Charlie Theron yeah. um, those are our, our big names of the movie say it again slower <laughs> no no so we'll just, we can start this way on our, on our take. Essentially. Yeah, All right, 30 yeah. seconds oh, synopsis yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Start with that. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, you better do it justice because this movie's a gem. Yeah, so not hitting any details. We've got a couple country bumpkin boys who are uh, out in the cornfield with their daddy. They, uh, one of them, who seems to be the ringleader of this sort of thing, turns their dad, uh, crucifies him in the corn, and turns him into a, a scarecrow. And then they get to move to Chicago. 
Chicago, where they get adopted by a wealthy yuppie family. And uh, they go to the school, and the little ringleader, who's a uh, Isaac kind of character, starts converting inner city kids to his cause. Goes full on Marjo. Yes, <laughs> full Marjo. Yes, uh, converting kids to his cause while he grows this rancid mutant corn in a vacant lot next to the house where they live. In Chicago. In Chicago. Children of the corn in Chicago. <laughs> We've already had the final sacrifice. <laughs> and this is Chicago, Illinois. Oh. Not Chicago, Nebraska. <laughs> so, all right. There it is. Uh, this is the movie that made me stop watching. <laughs> uh, it's so goofy. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to even talk about it, to be honest. But I mean, there's Street Fighter fireballs in this movie. <laughs> it's... <laughs> And it, the, I mean, uh, uh, the, the thing at the end, what did I write? I wrote, uh, oh, well, one, one of the, the guys who gets in a fight with him is uh, named T-Loke, because of course it is. Uh, and he's, at the end, he's dressed like a Nazi Michael Jackson. I don't know if you guys go back and watch that part. But at the end, we have like an off-the-rails corn butthole serpent monster with teeth. It's true. And then we have to cut its root. What? Is it a monster? Is it corn? We don't know. I wrote, what the fuck is going on? Horrible effects with girl grab. There's some stop motion stuff in there. It's oh, that horrible. was good times, though. The Barbie doll. Oh, my gosh. I enjoyed that. That was good times. I mean, it's goofy, but at least it isn't boring as we go on with the next movie. I agree. At yes. least it isn't boring. That's about all good I can say about it. This was silly enough to wait, be wait, was that good? semi-fun in my book compared to the rest of the franchise. I, I'm gonna, I'm embarrassed to say this. I like this movie. <laughs> Silly With, enough to within the context of the no, subject, yes. Um, in terms of the franchise and what we're looking at as a whole, after this, I, I don't yep. enjoy much. Um, this movie's not good, and I recognize that. But I also like that Screaming Mad George is doing the special effects in there. Yep. I like that we we really. I mean, it's just absolutely played out in this era where we keep going back with not only horror movies to Chicago, but we're also leaning very heavily into inner city youth at this point in movies. And so we're really kind of just throwing that all in together in this because that's what's been working with movies for young people. Um, But with this, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. But it's been ridiculous from the first movie. So what the hell? I I think that uh, the characters are fun enough. um, And... Yeah, the violence and gore is up in this. It's it's tough sticking your opinion out there when a cricket starts getting louder in the background. But here we are. That's a red light flashing in the back. But yeah, this was like um, I don't know, man. Like halfway through it, I was I was embarrassed with myself because I was having fun. I was like, this what what's wrong? But what the hell? I had a good time. The guys are gonna kill me for this. Yeah, this movie wants to be the omen. <laughs> like it really wants to have that feel to it, and they just can never quite pull that off. It definitely is a made-for-straight-to-video movie, like 100%. I could, it still looked better than I was expecting, though. I even wrote that down. I said, decent VFX. I was kind of surprised how good that was carried off. Um, I still think... I mean, the premise of the whole series is, once you get past part one, is pretty ridiculous. But three... This one here, I uh, the, in Chicago, I'm not sold on. <laughs> I want a crossover with Candyman, Poltergeist Three, and this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm sure, there's a comic book out there that nobody got the rights for. 
So, this is one of my favorites of The Children of the Corn. Okay, I'm fair. Uh, 1995, the screener. I can't even think of the movies, but I would say it could have been like Pulp Fiction and stuff in that box. I latched onto this movie out of all the screeners that were in there over all of the other films. Uh, for what was in the theater at the time, this probably should have been released theatrically with a little bit better budget. Uh, watching, uh, again, the, the effect of the monster who picks the girl up did make me laugh out loud. But hey, uh, it did take me out of film because it's, it is, I mean, it's not, it's not that it's not goofy or anything. It's kind of weird that at this point you would, um, have a smaller budget and be straight to video and be like, now we need to show the monster. But, <laughs> but I mean, point. the monster itself wasn't horrible, but like just when they were trying to blend things together, um, uh, the kills were still inventive. I think what the saving grace of this was the acting wasn't horrible and you did have Screaming Mad George do the effects. So I think that was good. And they still kind of... Because um, the next movie, I think, is where we're going to start where it has nothing to do with each movie for a while. Um, so like that was the last of that. And um, yeah, I like this one. I enjoyed it. How about those parents that are like, hey, we just adopted two Amish kids. Or at least that's what they call them. We better get it on tonight. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you think they're settled in? Because I'm really trying to get my fuck on. <laughs> the, and then the dad later on in the movie takes a, a, a ear corn right off the stalk and just takes a bite out of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, capitalism will do that to you. <laughs> and, and another thing that Hollywood always does is some of these kids in that classroom look like they're 40 years old. (laughs) I like that the older brother uh, is just awesome at basketball. (laughs) Go to Chicago and show him, white boy. Which which pisses off the younger brother. He don't like that the older brother is like assimilating to city life. As a guy who's played sports against Amish kids, you don't know what's coming at you. (laughs) You got nothing else to do. You play basketball. Little Eli showed up in the south side of Chicago today in that outfit. His ass wouldn't make it to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Stole that Bible. I really like that kill with the... uh, the the flaming mouth into the face melt. Oh, the head rip or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, was that was pretty good. That was um, my only. Hope. I really also am really weirded out by how uh, little Eli, when his mom goes to give him a kiss, he licks her ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to cool. shoot your shot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he puts together his little team cult. Uh, they he, he he crucifies a priest inverted on an upside down cross. That was a decent scene. Um, tickled your religious boat. That's like, hey, all right. We, he's crucified like St. Peter. I'm digging it. <laughs> um, yeah, you get that. But then do they go back? Because they're like, the older brother and the younger brother are adopted. They're not related. And he's like, you know what? What'd you do to my dad? <laughs> Later in the film. And so he takes his friend from Chicago back to the cornfields to look for his dad and finds his dad on the crucified scarecrow thing, and then his dad becomes a killer scarecrow. Yeah, well, you know. You know, you like what you like. Zombie scarecrow, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, poor Malcolm gets uh, decapitated. What's it called again? (laughs) Decapitated. (laughs) Decapitated. Decaffeinated? In the core. And, uh, yeah, the giant monster, and, of course, Maria looks like a Barbie being taken away by the giant monster. But then... The big finale, which no one mentioned. 
The if corn. I would have known you were so excited, I'm glad this happened. The corn gets shipped around the world! Mm-hmm. Why do your hands look so weird? Stigmata. Stigmata. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Are you bleeding corn? So th- there's a really missed opportunity for sequels of Children of the Corn around the world. Like like Fast and Furious. Yeah. Children of the Corn. Just like it. Children of the Corn. Tokyo, Tokyo Trips. Trips. Well, in the last one, they talk about aflatoxin, which you know, I'm going to nerd out a little bit here. Is is real. It's really, and it's wee, highly, wee, car- wee, yeah. wee. <laughs> highly, car- highly carcinogenic <laughs> that animals can get. No, an- no one's immune to it. So, wow. And so that they didn't play into that too much, but it's almost like the supernatural corn goes with it. And by the way, when he opens the suitcase, that's the fakest fucking corn I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like you went in. Don't and grabbed- come around us, Indiana folks, <laughs> trying to show us your fake fucking <laughs> corn, <laughs> Hollywood bullshit, you fucking poser, <laughs> fucking nerds. <laughs> All right, chill the corn part three. Any, any other thing to say? I just said I'm I'm still grappling with it. I like it. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. All right. I, Every time I say I like that, the cricket starts. <laughs> the cricket is not fine. I'm upset about this. That uh, I think that is Malachi, and he's pissed. <laughs> uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, Children of the Corn Part Four: The Gathering, 1996, <laughs> straight to video. Directed by Greg Spence, written by Stephen Berger, starring Naomi Watts, Karen Black, Mark Salling, uh, Brent Jennings, and Jamie Renee Smith. I am just flabbergasted at the staying power of stars in these cases. I think that's what saves these movies, yes. for one. And Naomi Watts, I don't think, was... She wasn't a nobody, but she yeah. wasn't a big star she either. A big star, yeah. <laughs> so... All right, 30-second synopsis. This one's going to be a little murkier. I don't remember exactly. You don't say. Uh, this is the one where children are getting sick. Yeah, I know I know That's that. But the setup is that, like, Karen Black is this mother in her house. She's having these weird... Why are you turning the volume? She's having these weird fever <laughs> dreams. This is my mnemonic device. Please don't mess with it. Um, and so uh, she's having these weird fever dreams. Her daughter, Naomi Watts, needs to come home to help look after the house, her affairs, the children, and then also all of the children of the town are getting sick with COVID-19. Al, I had an initial disappointment with this because not a single juggalo. (laughs) And when I read... (laughs) Well, I was hoping that the kids would really get into Magic the Gathering <laughs> card game. You put on your makeup and everything. Yeah, already. I was waiting on Shaggy well, Two Dope and <laughs> Silent J or whatever and, and his name is. This, this is the first one. <laughs> does it even mention the, the town Violent at all? Jay. I don't think it mentions the well, town. Well, anything that happened prior. So this is like the start of where you just have weird shit with kids and corn. I did like that this movie at least started to try to give us a little bit of an explanation for the whole he who walks behind the rose shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, that's, but that's not it. But that's the thing they don't even mention he who walks behind the rose yeah, shit. Yeah, there's a little more of an explanation of, of just in general. You start to get into a little more of a backstory. Yeah, they're like, no, there's no demon. This is a real medical problem. So, Yeah. That's that movie. Oh, I don't have a whole lot of. Yes, I mean, I my one of my high spots was the the scythe dick cut. 
<laughs> in the beginning. But the blood effects were just real bad. Like it doesn't. It's not very expensive to buy some red food coloring and some corn syrup, and instead they got like watered down blood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can afford corn syrup for your corn movie. <laughs> Fun uh, note: This was supposed to be Children of the K O R N, and it was going to have the band. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Thomas Davis bagpipes. I'm done. Uh, yeah, you, you don't want to be a doctor in any of these movies. You know, because a doctor gets murdered, right? Doctors are always getting murdered. They're on the uh, list. The mom has got her Bible and like a rosary, and she's like, "Mom, we're not Catholic. What's your deal?" And she won't leave the property per se. Th- there is some. Uh, th- this is one of my least favorites, but there is like the. I think it's the opening. Where the kid comes to the door, there was some weird creepiness with the kid and Karen Black, um, but then yeah. it kind of like loses it after that. Yeah, because so. yeah, right. Uh, but I do love that the doctor is killed by a giant blade in a stretcher. Yeah, where did those <laughs> kids get thing. a giant blade to put in a stretcher to cut the doctor in half? They didn't. They just they're like, "How are we going to kill this guy? How are we going to kill this doctor?" Here? And his paper filled pants just fall to the ground. <laughs> Old paper pants. <laughs> hey, what you called that? That triggers me. I used to hear that so much. <laughs> uh, so what we find out is that the 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 whole thing that's happening is because there were these revivalists. I'm really concerned about this cricket. Uh, there were these revivalists, and they exploited this boy preacher, and uh, the townspeople decided to burn this boy preacher and now he's getting his revenge <laughs> the kid, the the kids are uh, you find out that mercury hurts them yep <laughs> the kids are not alright I there was a point in this movie where I thought this is where Abner's gonna love it when that when that black guy is taking apart shotgun shells and putting mercury in it <laughs> Pretty good. Typically, <laughs> if you expect Robert to like something, he won't. He's unpredictable. They do. The nurses do some blood tests, which uh, my profession, those are the wrong tubes, morons. Get it right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, hor- the blood was horrible. Kids won't listen. What's with the zombie kid in the beginning? I don't understand why his face is that way. I don't understand all If he's things. mystical. I don't understand. Like, they should have had Mystical the Rapper show up. <laughs> Shag yes. And I don't like movies that, <laughs> that bank on double dreams. Like, it reminded me of The Stand a little bit. When she has that double dream, like, no, the kids are killing me. No, I'm good. Nope, no, the kids are killing like, me again. No, weird. No, weird. I'm just waking up. Hate that. All right. <laughs> Shining part. What are we on? Shining? You are boring. Like your tongue. Uh, so with this one, I feel like this is where some of the laziness begins. It's still got... They're still pumping more entertainment value into this than a lot of franchises do. Like, again, this movie wasn't terribly taxing to get through. It just wasn't good. No. Um, and I think it's interesting, too, that you have two Oscar-caliber performers in this. Uh, like right. I mean, it's just it's just so bizarre that we keep having some of the star power that we have land in these movies because, mind you, uh, Karen Black was well established at this point, um, and Naomi Watts obviously will go on to become a much bigger star. But we already have two sequels that exist. There is proof of what you're getting into. Like it, it just it amazes me that they would even be able to get but that in here. Made money. Yeah, um, but to to me, this is where it begins to be forgettable. Like, even if you don't like part two and three, you can at least distinguish them clearly. 
in kind of like a trilogy. But it's like once you get into this one and on, it starts to just blend together. Oh yeah, and this is this is definitely part of that. Um, I mean, the sprinkler stuff with the mercury, it's entertaining enough. Um, but yeah, it's what doctor's it's, office has that much mercury just laying around. You, you, I mean, how often, am I trying to make sense of this? How, much, how, often do you, how often do you prescribe mercury to people? <laughs> do, do you like to watch horror films and, and fact check the, all the, the medical stuff? <laughs> You're like, inaccurate. <laughs> no, no. I'm not like the guy that stood up and yelled fake after an X-Men movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny, going back to the match, we're, we're watching... God told me, or God told me to, and I'm like, boy, this is really theologically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, children, Todd, tell us. I'm sorry. Oh well, I, I thought you were just signaling to move along, but uh, Children of the Corn Five, Field of Terror, which I'm a little sad you didn't, you missed your mark. Oh, you could have done Field of Screams. Bingo. Uh, 1998, straight to video. And directed by Ethan Wiley, starring Alexis Arquette, Eva Mendez, Fred Williamson, David Carradine, Kane Hodder, um, Ahmed Zappa. I always mess his name up. So Ahmed. Yeah, there you go. And Greg Vaughn. Um, You're it, ignoring the boner to my left. No, <laughs> no just to cast again. Well, oh yeah! This is a children of the corn. I, I could not believe. I mean, Carradine. we're not talking about David Carradine. David Carradine is not exactly an A-lister, but when he's I see him, everybody's known. He's and then I keep seeing all these other ones show up. I'm like, holy shit! And like, who? Somebody owed somebody favors. Like, wow! It's the Weinstein's at this point. And this is the first. This is like I said. They transitioned through horror. The five. This is the screen cover art with all the. Oh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> all right. So here we go. Cheering the corn, part five. Uh, you got. These. I'm gonna start the timer. Be thirty seconds. You got these college kids. Uh, they're going to try to go uh, to the favorite cabin or town or wherever the fuck they're going to memorialize their friend who died. Which is Eva Mendez's old man. They weren't engaged, but they were going to be married. And the one guy likes to put up blow up dolls to mark the way on how to get there. That's how I find my way. And then they land in this town, which uh, has a nefarious leader, which is the kid from Kindergarten Cop who says, Mr. Kimball, are you okay? (laughs) And he's the one leading the children of the corn, and uh, they get stuck in this town. His name's Ezekiel. You get it right. So, there you go. College kids stranded after their car gets messed up in a weird town. Good times. Mr. Kimball, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) There is one high spot in this movie for me, and it's just that that head-split demon escape. Yes! That was okay. I like that. But the low spots of the dialogue in this is so bad. Yeah. And it's shot really weird. At some times, I think they kept shots where, like, the tripod was falling over or something where there's like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, with all the Dutch angles yeah, constantly. Was, like, what the hell is that? I don't know what a Dutch you angle mean, is. Do you but mean MTV Real World? That works. <laughs> yes. I wrote in my notes, long. <laughs> it's only 83 minutes, but it feels like forever. Oh, yeah. It is. Oh. So fire enters for everything that's totally tough. That's two demerits. <laughs> This is a 
Not the first time tonight. I also love that he's so elderly he can't find the pause button. <laughs> or the volume control. Yeah. Or that, we, or that we're okay with the dog man. drinking water and the crickets, but Todd cannot make a noise. That's how this house plays. <laughs> so we open with fire entering the kid, and it goes back to the blue light oh, thing boy. going into Another the, redhead. Yeah. <laughs> Another redhead. Uh, and then the problem child, Chucky. Mm-hmm. No. And then he goes on to kill the Kmart version of Robert Redford. He's the farmer <laughs> on that farm. And, uh, I'm starting to realize we uh, we have the same, each personalized notes for each movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you write that he cooked that first guy with psychic lightning? <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Um, but also, I decided to call this one Candy Kids of the Corn, because they all look like 90s raver kids. Oh, boy. Both. The victims and the children of the corn. The children of the corn didn't look Amish anymore. The one girl had her hair up in weird little braids like some of our friends did in the late 90s. As demonstrated by a fairly bald man. (laughs) (laughs) So we got the candy kids of the corn. And this movie is, my last note for now, 90s as fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I found this to be one of the more painful ones out of all the ones that we watched. Yes. I, and I can't pinpoint why, because I don't think that it's demonstratively way worse than later ones or, or the rest of the franchise. But I, Is it I because think, they find what, they, what should be spam, and it's called smeat? Yeah, that's bad. Um, they took spam and treat and put them together. It's like, I, you, when I'm watching this, I feel like they just kept rewriting segments for who they were able to get in the movie. Like, David Carradine's role doesn't even make sense. It could have just been Ezekiel. Yeah, I couldn't they figure just out if he was the leader or if Ezekiel's the leader. Yeah, they clearly wrote that after the fact because they were able to get him in the movie. Um, I, I think the most interesting thing is realizing that uh, this is the same year as The Wedding Singer for Alexis Arquette. Uh, so, interesting year in film oh boy. for Alexis. Um, but is it the same year? Yeah. This same year for uh, Brian Chucky, too. Oh, Yeah. Mm. That's a damn big year for like Star Captain. But yeah, the, the the cast is really interesting. Um, that's quite a few notable names in there, and I think that's quite maybe what makes it get graded on a little bit tougher scale than some of the other ones. Maybe inadvertently, but well, to be fair, Ava Mendes doesn't have hardly any lines. Yeah, it's Thank just God. It's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, like to me, there's. There's some fun gore scenes, but nothing's cohesive. There's no, I think the there's fun, no pace to the movie. There's no suspense. You don't care about anything happening. Yeah, it's long. It yeah. just, it's just uh, a bunch of segments that. I think really if they don't go if together. they would have just done even just a rip off of, of Children of the Corn at this point, but it's a big departure from from Children of the Corn. That's not the focus at all in this film. There's no fun part to it. Yeah, like you said, it's just. I don't know. It's just there. Like they definitely like we're like, well, we got good enough names, and bam, there's our there's our release. Yeah. I feel like if I took this DVD to Kane Hodder and asked him to sign it, he might punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, we probably got paid a good chunk because I think he done did the stunts to this too. So. He did. Well, I mean, there were so many of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, are we done with this? <laughs> you guys keep talking about your- Let's go on. Another 30 minutes at least. I like the stuff with the silo. That was something in this kind of setting that hadn't really been overused yet for, for the property. I mean, they at least picked something a little bit different to tie into Yeah, what she like puts out the flame at the end. Or, am yeah. I remembering that right? 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Well, I was going to say before that, even Mendez sacrificing herself to the silo. Yeah. That was a little weird. But that's just because she wanted to be with her dead boyfriend. <laughs> that's yeah. your blurb on the DVD covers. <laughs> Robert Ever. That was a little weird. That's a little weird. <laughs> I think it's weird that with the overly ambitious cinematographer. Like, this movie's photographed like they're making a German expressionist film. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you got a guy putting blow-up dolls as breadcrumbs on their track. Like, I don't need the rocking chair cam. Where You know what I mean? Where she's looking through the book and it's rocking back and forth with it. Like, it's just... This movie's a mess. They're, they're actively trying to evangelize to these people. They're like, have you read this book? You could join... Us and he who walks behind the rose. I mean, it's like, even though they're adults and we're not supposed to be having adults. Yeah. Like, oh, I turn 18 in three days. Perfect. We'd like you for our program. How would you like to die next year? Yeah. Perfect for our sacrifice. (laughs) Okay. Is that enough of that one? Please. Yes. (laughs) Vinny's slowly melting. (laughs) Moving on to Children of the Corn. <laughs> Isaac's Return, released in 1999, directed by Carrie Scoglin, uh, starring Natalie Ramsey, Gary Bullock, Stacy Keach, John Franklin, returning as Isaac, and Nancy Allen. Listen, you got to start reading those while making eye contact with her. Stacy <laughs> Keach and yeah. Nancy Allen yeah. in the sixth Children of the Corn yep. movie. Six. <laughs> the 666th <laughs> Children of the Corn movie. Now, here we are at part six in this franchise. Think of where you're at in this one and where you're at in the Howling by part six. <laughs> I really expected these movies to be worse at this point yeah. than they are. Where were we at in Leprechaun movies by part six? <laughs> uh, you're in the hood, I think. Got it. Mm-hmm. For the second time. <laughs> Back. That's where I'm going to have to disagree because so, I'd rather watch the Howling at this point. Uh, I get this towards the end. Uh, now, listen. Well, I mean, you, if we get rid of seven, it would make it easier on me. But just because and I think it's just because there's so many movies in this franchise. Is, is six boot scooting Howling, or is that no, seven? Seven. Seven. seven? Seven's boot scooting Howling. Yeah, freaks. Six. Okay. Still. <laughs> oh boy, that, that one is it. so weird. Yeah. So, so uh, do you want to give the your thirty minutes? Thirty minutes. Thirty minutes. Do it. <laughs> 30, 30. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> he pulled out the Great Gatsby. And <laughs> All right, thirty second synopsis. Um, this girl is this is it? That's this is the one, right? Yep. Yeah. All right, this girl is trying to go back to her hometown to discover her roots, where she came from, who her mama was. Um, back to Gatlin. Back to Gatlin. And uh, she goes and she picks up this hitchhiking ghost preacher. And the whole world That's a callback. And uh, yeah, she meets this uh, Kmart version of Paul Red who wants to help her out. <laughs> what did Kmart do to you? <laughs> I guess you don't. Respect the blue light special. No, this is a, so I used to use low rent, then poor man's, then great value. Now Kmart's my new one. That's my new stick. I like Wish. I like to use the <laughs> Wish. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So she goes back to try and figure things out, and really, 
the whole town is kind of in cahoots. They've been waiting for her to come back so that she can fulfill the prophecy so that Isaac can come back to life. Who, who just completely pisses on the original movie, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Isaac. Yeah. He's just been in a coma now. I even know John Franklin's the one that wrote it. He wrote it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A la Michael Myers was in a coma, too, you know. But his hair's Thorn. not white. Well, they dyed it, you know. They had Did just they? for men dyeing his hair. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because laying there in the bed the first time around, I didn't recognize him. It took the second time, like a second camera shot. I was like, oh, there's Isaac. <laughs> that, that baby looking a little different. Now, now he looks his age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So she is fulfilling the prophecy. He has they a medical been, condition, guys. <laughs> <I'm aware. laughs> They've been expecting her to come back, and so everyone in the town is in cahoots to get her back and get her again. In place. He knows cahoots, but not henpeck. Well, henpeck, you motherfucker. All right, there it is. There you go. Your synopsis. Ugh. This man. <laughs> there, there's a couple cool effects. Um. Hashtag just kick Isaac. <laughs> this movie is over. Um, the third act is fucking atrocious. Abysmal. Yeah. And what's funny is that, like, I'm not saying that I like this movie, but they at least had me for the first two acts. Oh, because sure. Isaac was back, but then by act three, I'm like, oh. I'm like watching like a fly fly around. <laughs> third act is absolutely fucking awful. I, I, this movie is horrible. Uh, I like that John Franklin's back, and I like that he wrote it, and it does have a better plot than some of these, I guess. But how the he has a son now? How the hell did that happened? Somebody rape him while he was in a coma? Sure. Okay. All right. He's fucking important, Jason. <laughs> He's again. Isaac. I wrote. Why are the adults alive again? You, I know they're in on. There's a plowing joke loud. somewhere in here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, there was adults in the original movie, too. They were kind of like, they had rules. Yeah, but if they're yeah. all supposed to die. Not like, all of them like are supposed to die. There were some that had yeah, rules. With his dog. Uh, fucked up, man. And at the bottom, I wrote really big, starting to hate all these fucking visions <laughs> in these movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is way too much uh, going into like the politics of their inner workings. It, That's my final note. It, yes, keep going. It, it, they dragged that out, and this is clearly Franklin writing this wanting to swell it into to some what I'm imagining he thinks is going to be almost like a you know a stage uh, show with 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 the the bloodlines that we play out and just all this goofy shit that nobody needs it's part 6 and the the unfortunate thing with this is that his presence is a good thing with tying it back to the original movie he's got a nice screen presence having him in there they squander it because the the whole the whole last act of this movie just goes right back into the gutter with so much like we've seen before. Because at the beginning, I thought, "Oh wow, this is like I mean, it's goofy, and we're jumping the shark already in some ways." But in other ways, it's kind of restrained uh, and kind of understated with the approach to his return to the franchise. And so I thought there was actually a glimmer of promise there about uh, a third to midway through, but. I mean, it just falls apart. It gets so convoluted mm-hmm. with all you that You think stuff. they threw the money at him because, like, we got to save this somehow. We got to keep the How rights. How much anyway. money is that guy commanding? Yeah, I was going to huh? say I don't. I think it was You're more. Saying sure, people don't get paid. As much? <laughs> I think. Uh, I think at this point, hey, these bro. movies are more about <laughs> controlling the rights because I, I think you get a, a star or two in there that's going to get people to rent it, even if they think it's probably going to be bad. Oh, 
Nancy Allen's in it. I like turned Robocop or Stacy Keach. Yeah. The guy from the original. I mean, they get the star power in there to get you to rent it. Um, but this one clearly had effort in the writing from Franklin to bring him back. This was probably in his mind going to be that triumphant return. You know, this it's like the, I had this movie when I was younger. Yeah. 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 You better book me at more cons. <laughs> after this just, movie. They, yeah, they just jumped the shark with this. And, I, I'm going to give you 60 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, is uh, up through these films, like these are all profitable because these were big money makers for video stores. Um, this one was really big because of Isaac's return. But Even I had the title and yeah. says on a Friday night, pick well, this thing up. And it's funny because yeah. it's a couple years, it's a few years after um, Halloween 6, but you know, um, it's it's almost like they took the marketing from their original 6 idea of Halloween, of like Halloween 666. But um, I think Isaac's return is cool, but they they hugely missed the mark with with. With his return, I believe the scholars would say they shit the bed. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I I have to like I I was excited to see this film and and it, it was popular and um, yeah popular. like uh, everything that the film built up on it lost in the in, in the end of the film. And I don't want to get like too out there with this like in terms of industry jargon, but I think a lot of the the insiders would call this a bullet butt. This movie's a bowl of butt. But at least, at <laughs> least, <laughs> shit. at least put I'm like, some good at you, like, kills serious. in it. I'm like, are you serious, Clark? <laughs> put some good kills in it, at least. Keep keep the horror brain kind of moving. Like, well, at least I got some gore. If you say These bowl are all butt, lame. It sounds like a foreign film term. Bowl <laughs> butt. <laughs> um, I could not agree with the professor more in that the end, it's just, as as Vinny said, it shits the bed in the third act. And as Professor said, it just gets so convoluted in the politics. Like, the last act is them arguing over lineage and bloodline and who's in charge and who's supposed to take over. And I'm like, my God, I'll just watch the 2020 election again if I want to <laughs> talk about all this stuff. Like, what's happening? Are you suggesting that Trump is he who walks behind the roads? <laughs> We're not I, suggesting that, but we think he did have a part in him winning the election. For the record, I did not say that. Allegedly. <laughs> did not say that. You're trying to get me killed. <laughs> By QAnon. So. <laughs> all right. So that's uh, Ch- Cheering of the Corn 6. 6 6. All right. Rough. Moving along to Children of the Corn 7 Revelation. Oof. 2001, the future's here. Uh, directed by Guy Megar. <laughs> Guy Ritchie. Uh, and uh, this one we start losing star power, but we do have Michael Ironside. He's a pretty big name. You don't lose iron. You don't lose star <laughs> well, I just power. Meant normally we have like about five or six. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. All right, 30 second synopsis. Boy, this film opens with a grandma having crazy fever dreams. And then... Wow, that's groundbreaking. This woman, this grandma goes missing. And so this woman comes to town to look for her grandma, uh, which is weird because there's a Bible by her bed and her grandma's a lifelong atheist. And then this whole time there are these weird kids in the building and hanging around the city. Uh, they're hanging out in this weird condemned building with these weird quirky residents that make up the point of the story. You've got the angry guy in the wheelchair and you've got the stripper and maybe a couple others hanging around. 
And then you've uh, got this whole story about this revival that came to town and there was a fire and then all of a sudden that's where the ghost kids came from. That's the connection to Grandma. That's Children of the Corn number seven. <laughs> I've got a revelation for you. This movie's a piece of shit. Hot dog. I, this is the, I literally couldn't write high or low spots in any of this stuff because I just really didn't care. This movie's yeah, just sometimes horrible. you just gotta let the art play out in front of you. <laughs> I, I don't, it's it's easy to tell that you're a football coach because your yep. notes are on big one, just big white it's sheets of paper with <laughs> large. He also notes. accidentally used a permanent marker all over your wall. <laughs> He's like, and we got a block here, and we're gonna come over here to this one. I think on the next all these movies, maybe I again I keep writing stop with the fucking dreams. It's been I've played. I know it's it's not a great movie, but geez, and cramity. Guys, I don't really have anything to say about this movie. This is one of the most forgettable entries. Like, is I, it? <laughs> I can think of another one after this. It's way more forgettable. It's, it's an apartment building suicide fire. This is, this is you're right. It is. It's an apartment built on a big tent revival suicide fire. Okay, there it is. I was gonna say this is definitely one of the worst that they did. And, and and again, I, I feel like at least the other ones, they were made so many years apart. This one was definitely a grab at the rights because uh, ninety nine to two thousand one, the next title is going to be a bigger jump. So they're like literally just trying to keep uh well the franchise. I will say um, on their part though, because I know some people are probably like why, but a lot of these were money makers and. A lot of them, they did put a lot of effort into it. I feel like they didn't put a lot of effort into this. Now, when you say money makers, are we talking <laughs> tens or hundreds of dollars? <laughs> so, so for a dollar. Prior to prior to two thousand one, all of those straight to video movies, those were a hundred dollars a piece per VHS. Yeah, but what do they make? So, I mean, like you bring in, you got to think about your video store. So, like you go to rent it and you see like ten copies on the shelf. How much money do they spend on that movie? So, and you don't have uh, the marketing that you have to spend out when it's a big theatrical movie because it's straight to video. So you just throw it on your other titles. I think that boom that you're talking about starts to drop off now when we get into the huge DVD. Yeah, two thousand. Everybody's two thousand and one. They're they're not making that money no more. Movies from here on out now are are dollar bin shit. They're crap. And they're realizing, oh, if we don't make it in the theater, we're not making it. So, with this one, before we move on, I'll just say this. Um, it's not a good movie. It's completely forgettable. I agree with what you guys are saying. But I do want to point out one thing. I frequently complain with these big franchises that they get ridiculous with what they lay out as the plot. When somebody just wants one thing. Mm-hmm. just And to me, they did that with this. They've got a, an area that's been cleared out. We make it. It's more cohesive than the last film. Yeah, we make it a simple plot. It's vacated. It's creepy kids. So I mean, I at least will give it credit in that regard. Like I said, it's not a good movie. It's completely forgettable. But yeah. I mean, like when we did, for instance, the Hellraiser movies, the leaps that they went out on on those later sequels with like making one about like role playing game video games and like the cyber world. Like nobody wants that shit. Just make a simple part. Whatever, and so with that, I felt like they at least did this. It wasn't good, but it also wasn't insane, like sending it to space or something else. Yeah, I could be wrong too, but I feel like because Hellraiser definitely was, hey, here's a script we're not using, which is where we got a lot of that. I feel like these movies were made to be a Children of the Corn because I can't imagine there was yeah, too, most of them feel that too way. many movies laying around that they're just like, you know what, throw some corn in it, Children of the Corn. 
There, there's a connection between Hellraiser and this movie, and it's that I didn't know suffering until it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, this is the cro- crossover we could have used. Hellraiser meets John of the Clones. Yeah, no, we couldn't. <laughs> He'd look funny on the field. <laughs> um, <laughs> she teaches the children how to play House of the Dead, the arcade game. <laughs> And weird, I knew. So first off, I just want to say I love Ironsides as the priest. Mm-hmm. I love a good priest character. Strangely enough, right? Weird. Uh, <laughs> guys, I know you didn't see this coming, but the ghost girl is her grandma. <laughs> it's the pizza guy at the beginning of the story, guys. It's Timmy, the pizza guy. I don't know if he's excited anymore. You're getting ready to go into your like DJ like. <laughs> You said ghosts. I didn't put that together. I wrote ghosts question mark and scratched it out because I wasn't sure. Yeah, my note for this movie is that it's the haunted corn apartment building. It is. It is. is this the one where it looks That's like... That's what they should have been the corn, haunted corn apartment building. Is this the one that looks like the apartment that Jessica White is living in and Wild <laughs> Wonderful Whites by the railroad tracks? That looks like yes. they just built up an apartment building by... And they're all uh, squatting. ...the cornfield. Yeah. And, and Vinny, for you, this is the first one where you get a boob in the movie. How many movies in? Seven. Seven. And for this franchise, that's a weird year for that to happen. In. <laughs> right. Yeah, we've got. It the didn't happen now. in the eighties, but it happens now. And what year did it come? Two thousand one. Yeah. yeah, kids are watching the most despicable porn on the internet now. Yeah, <laughs> you're not. You're not. And, the, and the twin towers are falling. Hamilton. Yeah, I was still suffering. Uh, I, I have you never seen Terminator, my friend? That is true. This came out that year. That's a lot of misery. <laughs> it's a lot of misery. All right, on to the next. Don't right. worry, I'm going to make a bad joke. You know what? You Ch- rush this. Children of the Corn Eight Genesis, <laughs> starring Phil Collins. Wait, I thought Wait. the remake was next. Phil Collins. Yeah. Oh, are we doing the remake? Yeah, the remake's yeah. next. Yeah, I mean, if next. we're going in time order, but... Chronological order. Just chronological This release. was 2009. Okay. It's like Texas Chainsaw again. Well, I mean, I was going in order of the numbers of movies. Oh, you can do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> the Children the of the Corn 8, Genesis 2011, written and directed by Joel Solison, and starring Billy Drago, uh, Tim Rock... The Rock's brother and Kellen Coleman. I am not going to do a good synopsis with this one. Don't worry. They're not going to give you a good I, movie. So. I didn't expect you to. Uh, someone's parents got killed with corn. There's a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy Drago's in it. That's like a good Billy job. <laughs> but we're back in 1973. Well, we're in the 70s. I think we're in. Oh, then we go back forward. I think we're in the. In California, though, or something weird? Wait a minute. Which one of these are we doing? This is the remake. Okay. No, no, no. no, This is Genesis. This is Genesis. Genesis Genesis was in 2011. He just... Well, we're a part eight. All right. So we'll do the remake. It's Todd's world. We're just living in it. Well, I figured you would discuss the remake after all the entries. There's a Vietnam flashback? I don't know. No. I don't know. No, there's Vietnam stuff in Genesis, too. Okay. there is. This is the one it's that I, remake This too. is like where they yeah, filmed it in Australia, is. but it takes place in California. This is the one with the Russian wife. Yes. The Russian okay. wife. Uh, so it's it's Trump's oh, wife is in it, and they're holding some ca- kid captive. <laughs> uh, one of my main notes for this film is why is this a movie? 
Yeah. <laughs> I wrote horrible in big letters, boring. Because it's 2011, and that is a 10-year gap. This was probably days before they lost the franchise. Do you it's... feel like this could have been another script? Yes. This, my, one, this one definitely. My only real note says this is pure cinema, horror fans are posers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, wait. People chimed in on this one and was like, this is, they kept mentioning bad boys, and I was like, what the fuck are you oh, talking yeah. about? Because I only ever watched this movie one time and was like, ugh. So as I'm re-watching it, I get to the ending where he's playing with the car, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm pretty sure that is bad boys, where the cars are flying off at him. They reuse the and that's what I was trying to look up on my phone, and I can't find where it actually says that, but I'm pretty sure that is straight up scenes yeah. from bad boys. I wrote hmm. that down. My other note is that there's a young stranded couple and an old horny couple. And wasn't there at one point the kid like plants a seed inside? Yeah, an alley, yeah. Oh my god. I wrote, is there only one kid? Question mark. Stop with the visions. I'll follow he who walks behind the road if you just fucking stop. (laughs) I actually fell asleep and did not finish this movie. Uh, Other thing I'm just going to say is Billy Drago. I love him. He's so good. Uh, but he is also your your great value bad guy. <laughs> like, well, we don't have a big budget. It's Billy Drago up to. <laughs> so also has uh, Dwayne Whitaker, who houses the Gimp in Pulp Fiction. Uh, he's must be, not a boon for him. He's going to be a cinema wasteland a couple weeks. Oh yeah. All right. Anything else to say about this one? This, it's just a really weird plot line. Weird like plot line, and I would say this is the, the worst of the yes. Children of the Corn. Oh, yeah. It's my note. Why is this a movie? Yeah. And as you said, it's and a I would artist. say that at least the saving grace of all the other ones we mentioned is that they probably wrote it as Children of the Corn. This one, I think, was Genesis or something, and this one they definitely threw. It didn't even take place anywhere near where corn is is produced. It's like California. Is there there's palm trees, trees in the back. I was say, or no, that's is that five? Five. Where they got <laughs> there's fucking palm trees in the back. In Nebraska. Yeah. <sighs> this movie stunk. All right. What's next? Did you guys like it though when the child plays with the doll and then the cop comes down from the sky? It's still oh, at the end. Yeah, that's the best part. There you go. <laughs> On. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Children of the Corn Nine Runaway 2018, directed by John Gallagher, starring Marcy Love Miller. Gallagher. <laughs> Jake Ryan Scott, Marcy Catherine Bryant, uh, and Clue Gallagher. Gallagher. Well, I wondered, is that Clue Gallagher's boy that directed it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Mid Feast. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's actually a thing where he went out and performed at <laughs> He smashed water. He smashed water. Um, so, Gallagher th- this one I purchased, set on the shelf till this. The only one I had never watched. I'm going to say this this is probably one of the best movies made. High, high uh, quality, good acting. Uh, I, I, does, is this one of them, or maybe the remake has some of the original music thrown in? Uh, I couldn't find this anywhere. You couldn't find this one. This is one of the best. What? I, I hated it. You didn't like it. <laughs> this? I my note on here. Runaway. Yeah, my note on here. Oh my gosh. I I just jotted down that I was really surprised that the Gulagers would do this. The writer. Um, I don't even have the name written down, but if you look up the writer, they've written every bad sequel in horror properties for like the last 20 years. Um, But again, like, it's not horrendous for what it is. I mean, this by this this point and this late in the series, I've seen things get way worse than this this (laughs) far. I mean, it's not good. My note says aptly titled. (laughs) 
I like how on the radio, yeah, because Joe Cromer's you always get those weird radio shows come in that they're yeah, tuning in. Yeah. But the voice in there sounds like Christian Bale Batman. Yeah, I I don't know. In fairness to this, maybe my expectations instantly shot up a little higher than they should have just because of the director. I thought, oh man, like he's in this and I saw that his, his dad was listening to cast. Like maybe there, maybe there'll be something in here. I just didn't didn't click much. My notes were uh, fell asleep, so forgettable, boring again. Woke up again, not sure what's going on. <laughs> Acting's not great. Six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No, I definitely don't go by Rotten Tomatoes. The gory, the kills were gory. I'll give them that. Yeah, this one was like uh, this was like the T two ish. Little Children of the Corn. How dare you? Because it, it ties back to the original movies. Because she ran away uh, after she was pregnant with her child. She's been on the run this whole time. And then you had like the weird, creepy, uh, kind of like Isaac, but it was a little girl this time. Yeah, you got the, the woman escaping the cult and hiding out and then finally having to, to confront it. Again, like... For this late in a franchise, and and what I was originally expecting, it's a lot better than I would have ever. And the last, the last two, it's like, just boring. This one yeah. actually, it wasn't the greatest thing, but this one also looked like it was more theatrical than the other movies. So that's true. I'll give you the cinematography wasn't horrible, but this is 2018. You got to have a better plot device than this, or at least do it better. Well, I mean, if I think about 2018 Hellraiser, this blows <laughs> this away. <laughs> Setting the bar high. Agree to disagree. He's got the hat. Yeah. So we're talking about Hellraiser Judgment. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> shut this fucking thing down. Could let's you just it. please get to the last movie? <laughs> uh, well, there's two more. On there's the seven list. more. Children of the Corn, the 2009 remake made for TV, written and directed by Donald Borchers, starring David Anders as Bert. Candy, Candy McClure as Vicky. Um, Did you say this is made by Mark Borchard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wish. So I think this was uh, originally made for sci-fi. Yeah. And this I is Stephen it. King's original story. Ish. It's a little bit longer, but you have the couple that hate each other. Uh, I think. And this- I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I- all right. Stop. <laughs> What you're doing? Stop. I'm about to ruin Stop. the image and the style that you used. All right. <laughs> this is a remake, but it's also probably more true to the original story. True. And I just want to say, this is not a bad movie, except for the dialogue between the couple. Oh, it sucks. Makes me want to cut my wrists. And go back and erase the rest of the franchise from my memory. It is the most heavy-handed dialogue and acting I have ever seen in my life. I will say not that I condone it whatsoever, but his wife was so bad. Not that he wasn't either. But when he slapped her, I was like, I concur. (laughs) She's you... As a gay man, are allowed to say that. <laughs> she stands out in the road and heckles him after they've killed, pre- presumably killed a child. They're standing out next to the corpse while she's heckling him. She has been writing his ass about being a Vietnam vet 
literally laying into this guy, calling him a baby killer, and, about and bragging, his service, and bragging to his NRA buddies about bagging one. What you want to tell your NRA buddies what you bagged out here in Nebraska? Who in the hell writes that? I mean, it. The couple is insufferable. Like they completely, they just make the movie impossible to enjoy. And there's other things like they made the kids younger, which is like the story. Yeah, it clearly has money and effort put into it. But the dialogue between those two, this was easily the most taxing watch out of all of these movies because of that. For a movie that, besides their dialogue, isn't bad. Right. Right. And that's what's most upsetting. Well, about there's it. so much of that. There, there, it's so bad between them that I didn't feel bad when either one of them are killed. You don't like anyone in this movie. No. Yeah. No. And kids uh, getting their jollies watching sex Ooh. was fucking. That was. Yeah. Which was also kids sex. I wrote kids sex. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, I will say this: that was very Stephen King. Well, not surprising. <laughs> it. Uh, so, a couple things I want to point out. So, the little kid, the Isaac at the beginning, is. Uh, Marjo meets Jack White. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know why the fuck is Isaac in like Amish gear but with shorts on? Good question. And he's super annoying. He's like, I got my big wide brim hat, my vest, my dress shoes, but I got shorts. Go- <laughs> yeah. Kill the Outlander. Yeah, it's so. I do like how how old boy is whooping kids' asses. Like, (laughs) fucking kids up. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, this is is fun. I uh, (laughs) could kill One of my notes is not my Malachi. (laughs) (laughs) I will say equally is when uh, they're attacking um, Vicky in the car. Is, man, she goes, (laughs) shoot the one guy and he moves in and just shoots this little kid off the car. I'm like, damn. So there is some of that stuff, but, yeah, overall. All in all. Yeah, and I then, did. I was gonna say not available right now, but there is Children of the Corn 2020, which is a prequel. I wasn't that, done talking about the last movie. Well, that. I know you're gonna cut me off. So <laughs> leads up to all of the stuff from the beginning. So I'm interested to see it, and it's from the director of Equilibrium and Ultraviolet and Total Recall. Uh, and then there's also a 12, real total recall. 12th movie, which isn't technically a movie, but it's a short story in the Night of the Scarecrow. There better be a three-boob chick in the corn, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, it's the remake, Total Recall, not the original. All right, before the cutoff, King accused me of cutting him off. Uh, <laughs> I did like in the remake. I did like those Vietnam flashbacks in the corn. I thought that was very interesting. Sure. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. like shooting kids... <laughs> Uh, you like what you they, like. They changed the age of sacrifice now to 18. Right. As a punishment again. You yeah. said that like you didn't know. I will say, like, <laughs> when it when it ended, I was like, because it's been a while since I watched this one. I was like, was this like a TV series? or Because uh, it, it, I'm like, did it end? Am I missing the second part? Is this a six-hour movie? Because uh, basically it just kind of goes into the corn, and they're like, well, we're done here. The professor's yawn was a great way to describe this brain. <laughs> yeah. All right. We made it. Cheering of the corn. Oh. My goodness. Happy fall, everybody. Yeah. We watched them so you don't have to. You're welcome. I can't wait for the next crappy franchise. Oh, I'm sure. I can't Thanks for, for joining us, McRib. Yeah. Yeah. Things are suffering through another one. <laughs> So I feel like this was there's high, no reward. This was higher right. quality than I feel like that we would have should have you on for because you had the howling. <laughs> we got a it should have been a lower franchise. 
I was excited because I do like, like I said, I do like the first and the second one, but after that. Yeah, we thought this was. Just surprised a little. Yeah. Poopy. <laughs> There's, there's worse. Out, there's, don't, uh, don't, don't, uh, be sad. There's worse out there. That's what I'm afraid of. Well, <laughs> I've been one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff, Ben Spinney, Sleazy Todd, Jason Outlander McCullough. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, don't be an Outlander and stay <laughs> scary, friends. Outlander!